Welcome to the Be Kind to Yourself podcast. My name is Juliana Parker, and I'm delighted and honored to be your host. The goal of this podcast is twofold. My first goal is to increase your awareness of ways you can show yourself self-compassion and grace. My second goal is to send you a virtual high fiver hug to remind you of your power and strength as a human. Each episode, we will discuss the nitty-gritty of what it means to be kind to yourself through guest interviews and actionable tips and strategies. I really appreciate you being here as I know how busy life can be. I hope you will consider subscribing, and as my dad would say, let's get rolling. there and welcome to the Be Kind to Yourself podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. My name is Juliana Parker and I am honored beyond words to welcome my guest today, Miss Nancy Jane Smith, the author of a wonderful book entitled The Happier Approach. So welcome, Nancy Jane. Thank you for taking the time to be on my podcast today. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. My cat has decided to join in and his tail may be bumping into the microphone here and there. <laughs> I love it. All, all felines, canines, they're all welcome. But we are honored to be here, Calvin and I, oh, that's <laughs> to, wonderful. to join your podcast. Yeah, we're super thrilled. Thank you so much for being here. And I should say that your book was so helpful to me personally and professionally. It's a the Happier Approach is a book that I've recommended to so many people. It's actually my go-to book for recommendations because... I've seen, as you may have seen, just an increase in anxiety for folks. Mm -hmm. uh, so I love the principles of your book. But before we kind of get into our interview today, I'd love just for you to take a moment to introduce yourself. Yes. Well, I am um, a licensed professional counselor based out of Columbus, Ohio, and I don't do um professional counseling so much anymore, but I am a coach who specializes in working with high functioning anxiety. And so my work um, in the happier approach was, is, was really about that inner critic and that the, I call it the monger, the voice that can just take a hold and drive us crazy. And, um, and I wrote the book because my dad had a really loud monger and mm. part, I think the book became for me after he died, the book was kind of a love letter to him in so many ways, because I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out about this damn, you know, voice in our heads that is that is taking so many people down by telling them that they're no good. And it took my dad down. He was, you know, a victim of a monger and I was going to stop it. So that's why I wrote The Happier Approach. And then in writing that, I discovered there are people that have a loud inner critic Everyone has an inner critic, I believe. And there are people that have mm -hmm. loud inner critics. And then there are people that have like demon loud mm. inner critics. And I am one of those people. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I realized that a lot of the people that, that have those loud mongers are dealing with what I call high functioning anxiety. Mm. And so that's how I just moved into specializing in that. Okay, wonderful. Jean, I was wondering, thank you for sharing, especially it's so touching you mentioned that love letter to your, your dad and seeing his struggles. I was wondering if you could talk more about high functioning anxiety, what that looks like and how it presents and, and what you've noticed in your work coaching others. Yeah. So 
I got interested in high-functioning anxiety, I was always told by my therapist that I had anxiety. And I couldn't ever see it, even though I'm a professional counselor, you know, I know what the diagnosis is for anxiety. And I just never had that because I was all in my mind, the common, you know, th when you think about anxiety, you think about panic attacks, or you think about being immobilized because you're so full of fear or worry, 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 worry. And I don't, and that isn't how my anxiety shows up. And my anxiety shows up in, I feel anxious. I always say there's three levels of high functioning anxiety. Mm -hmm. There's the anxiety. And then what has happened is we've developed all these unhealthy coping skills to deal with the anxiety. So the anxiety is the same, whether you have generalized anxiety disorder, high functioning anxiety, whatever kind of anxiety you have, anxiety presents the same. Worry, you know, push, push, push. I don't know what I'm gonna do next. Doubt, all those things that encompasses mm -hmm. anxiety. People with high functioning anxiety have developed coping skills to that anxiety mm -hmm. and they feel that anxiety. What they do is they push harder. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's high functioning anxiety and then, you know, it isn't a correct term, but there isn't, we don't call it low functioning anxiety because mm -hmm. low functioning has a negative connotation and mm -hmm. high functioning has a positive connotation. But it really is that simple. It is when I have anxiety, I either I'm going to check out of life or I'm going to push harder and mm. keep going. And that is what high functioning anxiety people do. They push harder, 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 trying to outrun the anxiety, trying to outrun that doubt, that monger voice. And then so what happens a lot of times is we go to heal those problems. I'm going to stop my perfectionism. I'm going to stop mm. my procrastination. Like we go to solve the symptom, but we miss the anxiety. We move away those symptoms and then we just have anxiety and then we don't know what to do. So we go back to the coping skills. But the part that I think gets missed a lot with high functioning anxiety is we tend to think, ah, it's anxiety light. This is just an easy form of anxiety. And it isn't. It's equally as debilitating as any other kind of anxiety. Underneath it is shame the doubt, the shame, I'm not good enough. That monger voice that's telling us how terrible we are is what's driving the anxiety. And then that is what's driving the um, unhealthy coping skills. So mm -hmm. that's my take on high functioning anxiety. I, you know, I wish it was the, what drives me crazy about it is that a lot of times it is that, ah, it's just anxiety light. Like you function, mm -hmm. but it's not about that I can function better so I don't really have anxiety. It's just how my anxiety is presenting mm -hmm. and it's presenting because I'm functioning higher when I'm feeling anxious. Right. Wow. I really appreciate hearing more about that. And, and in alignment with my podcast, the Be Kind to Yourself podcast, I'm wondering, how do you feel as a licensed professional and as a coach who really helps people navigate through anxiety? How does being kind to yourself and self-compassion fit in to helping heal anxiety? It's the key. It's, it's the key. It is absolutely mm -hmm. the key to it, mm -hmm. I believe. Because when we can be kind to ourselves, then we can, you know, and it's interesting. I, when I was writing the book, you know, that's what I, the, it's about how can I be kind to myself and still mm -hmm. be productive? Because we've been taught you got to push, 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 push. We're not taught, uh, but if I'm kind to myself, you know what? I'll actually get stuff done. And I'm not with all this mental, you know, beating myself up. I can be productive. I can be pushing myself kindly, 
Like it was like a mind blowing concept to me to recognize I could push myself and be kind about it. But there was all this stuff out there, you know, accept yourself no matter what. And, you know, be, um, you know, that acceptance no matter what always got me stuck because mm. I was like, I want to grow and I want to change. And how can I accept myself no matter what? That just felt static to me. But being kind to yourself isn't, doesn't feel static. I can be kind to myself, even if I'm making a mistake, even if I, you know, did something colossally terrible, I can still be kind to myself through that. I don't have to accept it necessarily mm. right away, but mm. I can be kind about it. And so that's why kindness was just something that I really embraced is I can wrap my head around this, what it feels like to be kind. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I, I'm wondering too, because sometimes I hear from folks to your point about that pushing component, you know, mm -hmm. that they're nervous to let go of that because mm -hmm. they feel like that's what makes them achieve things mm -hmm. and get everything done. And, um, what are your thoughts about that, about kind of, uh, that relationship between that. Yeah, no, I told you, yes. You know, I have a, a, a funny story about that. I taught a presentation about the monger and talking about the inner critic. And at the time I didn't have the counter to the monger. Now I have the biggest fan is the, is the character I have as the counter. Mm -hmm. That's the kind character. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that at the time. I just had the monger that I was talking about. And so I had a friend come up to me afterward mm -hmm. and said, great presentation. Oh my God, I loved it. I totally have a monger. I totally relate to everything you're saying. I am not going to do anything you suggested because I need the monger. I oh. need that voice or I won't get anything done. And it was that conversation that finally allowed me to be honest with myself of being like, yeah, Nancy, you believe that too. You believe that too. You're saying to your clients, get rid of the monger. You're saying to people that you aren't about the monger, but in reality, you are loving her. I mean, it's this love-hate relationship with her. She drives us crazy, but yet we feel she helps us get stuff done. So that's why it was so important to find the counter to the monger, to find that biggest fan, to find the voice inside of you that, that can, you know, and she's probably pretty quiet initially because she was for me and most of my clients, but to find the voice that's like, yeah, sweet pea, this sucks. You know, this is hard mm -hmm. and it's okay that you're struggling today and just even just then as i just said that to you you know like i can feel my body kind of relax and be like yeah this is hard that doesn't take away my edge it mm -hmm. just kind of clears stuff up that i'm reconnecting with myself in a different way and so then i can be like i can i can do my work and be recognizing it's hard yes both can be true. And that idea of and for me has really become powerful that I can say, I don't want to sit here and write. I have, to, I have to some writing stuff I have to do after we pod, finish this. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to write this afternoon. I want to take the afternoon off. And we just we're talking about how it's fall and I want to sit outside. And <laughs> but I, I need to hit this deadline, you know, so so I can say, I don't want to do this. This isn't what I want to do. And I'm going to keep going. Mm. And I'm going to have my own back, not get your butt in the seat, you loser, you yeah. have a deadline, you need to meet this, which is how I would have talked to myself, you know, a couple years ago. Right. Oh, I love that. I love hearing about how the biggest fan character was born, <laughs> how she came about. And I've also loved too. just on a side note, 
both from reading your book and listening to your own podcast, The Sweet Pea. I love how that's how you (laughs) refer to yourself. It's just so endearing. So, Because that is is really, you know, kind of surprisingly, that became, I just started calling myself that. And it's not a term that anyone's ever used. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. But, and by doing that, I think that's part of the trick. And, uh, you know, to find that term of endearment for yourself. And I will put my hands over my heart. Mm. And when I just have to say, okay, sweet pea. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what, what's going on? You know, it, it re- that phrase, just, okay, sweet pea, I get it, relaxes me. And so I encourage people to, what is the term of endearment that you can talk to yourself in that way? Because we don't talk to ourselves with that level of kindness mm-hmm. um, at all. And another, mm. you know, another thing that I'll, that, was a game changer for me was looking Mm -hmm. at myself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and making eye contact with myself when I was, when I'm getting ready, you know, cause I would, you know, I would go to the bathroom, I'm washing my hands and I Mm -hmm. never look up, you know, I'm just on to the next thing. We're moving along and I'll look up to make sure I look, you know, presentable, but I'm not engaging with myself. Mm -hmm. And now I can, I don't do it every time I'm in the bathroom, but Occasionally, I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, how you doing, sweet pea? What's going on today? And every time I do it, I get tears in my eyes because it is a touching in with myself that is that's it's a recognition to me of, oh, you are hungry for this touch, you know, for this relationship with yourself. You need to be building this. Mm. Oh, my gosh, I love that. So that it, like you mentioned, making eye contact with yourself. Mm-hmm really that connection piece because you're right we do get so busy just going from one thing to the next got to do the next thing got to do the next thing (laughs) yeah yeah and i think this you know your mission of of being of spreading that word the word of being kind to yourself it's it's a daily little practices you know it's it's not oh today i'm gonna be kind to myself no it's (laughs) like all day long i gotta re-up that commitment right yeah, and I, I thank you for bringing that up and for supporting the mission of the <laughs> Be Kind to Yourself mission because um, I really have found it's something that us beautiful humans, we struggle with. Mm-hmm. And so finding like micro ways to do it throughout the day, like you said, as opposed to this kind of broad sweeping comment of like, oh, I'm just going to be kind to myself. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. Because it's a phrase that's lost, you know, that... It- yeah that is overused, you know? And so that's why it's, I, I'm so excited that you're making it a mission because it is gonna be like, I'm taking back control of this phrase that's used in the zeitgeist all the time and be like, this is what it means. Yeah. This is what that looks like when we show up and we are kind to ourselves and it's a daily mission. Yes, absolutely. The daily mission for sure. Yes, <laughs> that, that is definitely true. Absolutely. and. So in transitioning, I'm wondering, so here in California, you know, maybe in Ohio, which is, I know where you're located. So here in California, we have In-N-Out Burgers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My father-in-law is a huge fan of In-N-Out Burger. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That is so, that's so cute. I have to admit, they have really good food and, you know, but one thing that's really cool about In-N-Out that... Is they have their their special sauce, right? That you mm. can get that just some people like it, some people, you know. But it's that special sauce, and I'm wondering, for you, Nancy Jane, personally or professionally, what's your your secret sauce recipe that you've discovered for how to be kind to yourself? That's a great question. Um, 
Because I think for me, my secret sauce was when I discovered that it, it, for me, the word, my way of being kind to myself was being loyal to myself. Mm-hmm. And that, that really changed everything for me when I figured, when I discovered the word loyal. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Like I just could, I, I don't even know when, or I don't have a, a origin story for that. But over yeah. time, just recognizing, wait a minute. You know, so many of my clients and myself have loyalty as a value because I'll have them do pick your top five values. And it's one of the exercises that we work on and they have loyalty as a value, but they don't have loyalty to themselves. Mm. And loyalty is a word I really understand. I I am, I mean, I will go to the death for the people Mm. in my life. You know, if I am, if you're one of my people, I am so loyal to you and I Mm. will support you and be kind to you and do, you know, like just have your back. And, um, and that is, I think, what being kind to yourself means. I'm going to have my back. No matter mm. what I do, I'm going to have my back. And for me, loyalty just put a little finer point on it of, oh, that's what this is. That's what being kind to yourself is. It is loyalty. It is going to the death for yourself. And the, mm. and the feelings that I have that I don't understand and the thoughts that pop in that I don't think are appropriate or the you know, just accepting all of me in the parts I don't want to accept and the parts, you know, like there I go to that word accepting, but being, so being loyal to all those parts and, and being kind about them, I think is the important. So, so finding that word loyalty was really my secret sauce and, and flipped the script. So I could see what being kind meant. And to me, it means having your back, no matter what goes down. And there's a lot of stuff that I like to cut off and pretend isn't there. And mm-hmm. um, through the process of being kind to myself, I've been able to pull some of that stuff out and be like, this makes you who you are. Mm-hmm. You need all of this stuff or you wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that recognition is powerful. Absolutely. And I love that using, seems like for you, you know, I think sometimes of, you know, the North stars that guide us, right? Mm-hmm. That no matter what through thick and thin, we can kind of go back to those, those values, those North stars. And it sounds like for you, like you said, you would fight to the death for anyone that you love. Uh, yeah. So given that same dedication of or alignment with that value of loyalty to yourself, not abandoning yourself, not turning on yourself, being lo- that's really beautiful. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I just it hit me. I was like, wow, I love that. <laughs> oh, but like, well, and, and you know, your biggest fan, right? Um, totally. Yes. The biggest fan. And I came up with the loyalty thing after I discovered the phrase loyalty after I wrote the happier approach. And so now I say the biggest fan is the voice of self loyalty. That isn't in the book because I wrote, mm-hmm. figured it out later, but I think that's true for me. The biggest fan is the voice of self loyalty. And so she is going to come in on days that I don't want to do something and be like, we need to make this phone call. You know, you have to have this tough conversation. You know, it's the, what I always drove me crazy about inner critic and be kind to your, you know, the idea of then be kind to yourself is that there wasn't anything pushing me. Mm. If I'm kind to myself, then I'm not, then I'm going to be like, okay, I'll take the rest of the day and go watch some Real Housewives. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to, I'm going to be kind to myself. I, I couldn't get that concept. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's where the, the self-loyalty was helpful to recognize. 
being kind to yourself doesn't mean giving yourself a pass. It means holding yourself accountable to the, the goals you want to achieve and not turning your back on your passions and your projects and the things that are important to you, but supporting them and being kind about them. And that was the shift for me because I could never get, which is why there's a third character in my, um, in my characters called the BFF. Mm -hmm. The, the BFF is that voice of go ahead, Nancy, take the day off. It's a beautiful day. Who cares? You know? Right. And that's my voice of, you know, I call the voice of false self-compassion because, but that's where I lived for a long time. I'd have the monger beating me up and then I couldn't stand that anymore. So I would bring in this BFF, the BFF's counter was take the day off. And if I was taking the day off, my monger wasn't saying anything because I was numbing out by taking the day off. And so I could relieve the monger, but I wasn't being kind to myself. I wasn't getting the things done I wanted to get done. I wasn't holding my feet to the fire and hitting my values and my goals. Mm -hmm. And that's where being kind to yourself truly, I think is a superpower. Because then those things start clicking in a different way because it's mm-hmm. not doing it for some external voice in your head, but because you really want to be doing it. I love that. And I love, to your point, just of that, the BFF versus the goals of the BFF and the intentions of the BFF versus the goals and the intentions of your biggest fan. Yes. And that little bit, that distinction it's so helpful to think of these characters and their different personalities. You know, it's, I think it's been truly helpful. And as we kind of start to wrap things up, I do have one final question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so are there any other favorite resources that you have really been helpful for you? Books, other podcasts, quotes that have positively impacted you and that I'm going to say, of course, the happier approach is my number one (laughs) go-to. So that's my recommendation. But for you, Nancy Jane, any quotes, anything, you know, that has helped you in your journey? Well, the, um, the, the person that has helped me the most is Tara Brock. And I am a huge fan of her book. Radical acceptance is just like, was a game changer for me. And that was the first, um, you know, she was the first person that really introduced me the concept of maybe you're not broken you know, maybe this is where you're right where you're supposed to be. And I just was like, what? It was so foreign to me to think that. And and her writing style is really beautiful. And she has a podcast and her voice is super calming and, and lovely. And so I, you know, I, I love her. And, um, and then the other book I would recommend is, uh, and I'm going to go blank on the title. It's by Sarah Wilson, okay. and it's First We Make the Beast Beautiful. Mm. And wow. it's it's a book about anxiety, so it's not specifically around being kind to yourself, but it's about being kind to your anxiety. And she was the person that really explained anxiety, and she is bipolar, so it's a little different, but she explained anxiety in a way that I got it, unlike any other book I'd read of like, oh yeah, it does show up in these weird ways that you don't recognize. And and after reading that book, I was like, I think I have anxiety. And that's what started me figuring out this high functioning anxiety um, in a different way. And then I have a quote um, <laughs> that is, um, it used, to, it used to, be, to be called the story people and he sold mm. it off. David Andreas, I think is his name. But it says, in a dream, I told the angel, I'm sitting here by my thing, by my desk. Yeah. In, my, in my dream, I told the angel I was tired of being nudged 
toward my best self all the time. And she started laughing. And then she put her hand on my arm. You already are your best self, she said. I just show up now and then because I'm curious to see if you remember. Wow. And I love that poem. It's called Best Self. Um, you know, just that idea of, oh, yeah, I'm already it. I'm already here. I don't need to keep striving. I just, you know, like I always say, I feel like we pushed ourselves so hard externally. Like once I get there, I'll be better. Once I get there, I'll be better. Once I get there, I can be kind. Once I get there. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I don't know if it's an age thing because I think some of this is just age. Mm -hmm. You eventually realize it's not about out there. What do mm -hmm. I, do I like myself? Do I like who I'm coming home to? Am I, what, what's going on in here? And when you start looking in here, oh my gosh, like there's just so much fun stuff there that I've ignored, you know, like there's so many cool um, passions and ideas and, you know, things that pop up. And the more kind we are to ourselves, the more we allow those to show up. And even as I'm talking about, like I getting goosebumps because it just is like such a, freeing concept to be like, oh, wait, I'm not broken. I'm not, I just gotta get, figure this, you know, I just gotta accept myself and love that I go with accept. I just gotta be kind to whatever's there and I'll be okay. Cause we're all broken. That's part of the human condition. Couldn't agree with you more on that. <laughs> I get a little preachy about this stuff cause I get so excited. <laughs> oh no. And, and I love it. I, I you know, you and I are are meeting together we can see each other and i wish listeners could see that your your passion for this work is so evident tonight so it's and it's needed right it's needed because oh my gosh it's so needed we need mm -hmm. i mean like i just you know the number i just think if people could be kind to themselves it would change well i mean not to be so it would change the world but it would i mean like if like cause so much of the pain and suffering in the world is monger <laughs> driven you know it's i hate myself because my monger is telling me how terrible i am and so i'm gonna yell at you mm. and then you're gonna yell at someone else because you feel uncomfortable like that lack of respect we have for each other is a lack of respect for ourselves so true and and Nancy Jane, I'm wondering if folks would like to find out more about your work, more about this, you know, the concept of the monger and the BFF and the um, your biggest fan, where could our listeners go to learn more about you and the critical work that you're doing? Oh, thank you. They can go to my website, nancyjanesmith.com. And at my website, I have a I have a, I've been blogging since 2008. So there's tons of blogs. Oh. I've been podcasting. Um, I'm almost at, I think I have 168 episodes or something like oh. that. So lots of podcasts to listen to. And that is called The Happier Approach, as well as the, um, the book is called The Happier Approach. And you can get the book at Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. And then I'm just releasing a uh, program called Self Loyalty School, which is mm. a 10 month audio podcast uh, school to help people learn, learn how to build self loyalty to quiet their high functioning anxiety. Mm. Love it. And I uh, another plug for you too, that uh, you also have your wonderful Sunday self loyalty oh. newsletters that I subscribe to. And I always, when I see it pop up on Sundays, I don't know if it's bi-weekly, monthly, but I'm always like, oh, 
yes, exactly. I need this. What does she have to say to me today on Sunday? (laughs) Well, that is so, what is so funny. I mean, this is just, I, so it's bi-weekly. I recently, during, I used to be weekly and during the summer I was like, oh, I'm going to switch, you know, kind of give myself a break. And I announced that I was going to switch it and do it to bi-weekly. And I was afraid like, oh, people are going to be upset that, and the emails that I got, I got you know a handful, probably six or seven, of people saying, "Ah, oh, that's awesome! I'm so happy for you that you're mm-hmm. taking this time, but I'm also happy for me because now I get more time to soak up the letter, oh. because they were feeling rushed because mm. the next one would be there, and they're like, I can soak it up, and I was like, Oh, great! You know, I mean, <laughs> win-win for everyone. Totally. So that made me feel better. I didn't, you know, you didn't, I didn't recognize that was an issue until I took care of myself and said hey, I need to do this. And then I got the response of that works for us. And I was like, great. So, um, and then what happens is I can put a better energy into the newsletter, you know, when it comes. So anyway, Mm -hmm. you can cut all that. You can cut all that part out. Oh, no, I love it. (laughs) I think that's great. But it is a, it's, it's, was a super lesson for me in speaking your needs, speak up for what you want. And, and sometimes when I do that, I'm afraid people are going to be upset. And a lot of times people are like, hey, good for you doing what you need. Rock on, you know, yeah. which is so true. So true. And I think that's um, such a great example because the story that our mind tells ourselves about, oh, if I make this decision, that's going to this and that. As I sometimes share with friends, 99% of the time, the things that you worry about happening the most don't happen. Or if they do happen... They're either A, not as bad as you thought, or B, you have the skills, the strength, the wherewithal to handle whatever's down the mm-hmm. road. So I think I like that story. I think it's a powerful story <laughs> to illustrate. So um, Because I think that's the power of, you know, to your point, that's the power of being kind to yourself. Yeah. That then you start to recognize I can withstand a lot more than I think I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, I can, whatever comes my way, I do have the ability to withstand that. And you start to believe that more, the more kind you are to yourself. Exactly. Well, that sounds like a really great place to kind of wrap it up on that that note. Again, thank you so much for your time, taking the time to be here today, to spend time with, of course, me, but with our, with our listeners And I appreciate it. And thank you for helping us learn more about being kind to yourself and your support of of our work. So (laughs) thank you again, Nancy Jane. Thank you for having me. It was super fun conversation. Oh, thank you. Well, take good care. Be kind to yourself. (laughs) Take care. Please note that the Be Kind to Yourself podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for mental health therapy. If you are interested in pursuing mental health therapy, I encourage you to connect with the provider in your area. Thanks so much.